Welcome to the Elevate Together podcast, voices of change in the business of law. Hello, I'm Nicole Giantonio, the Chief Marketing Officer at Elevate. The Impact Podcast you're about to hear features Senior Director and Head of Legal Operations at Twilio, Andy Krebs, and Steve Harmon, Elevate's COO and General Counsel. Steve, Andy, and I discuss planning for and executing a strategy to establish Twilio as a highly efficient, world-class law department. Andy, great to have you as a guest on the Elevate Together podcast. Thank you. Before we jump into our discussion, can you share a few comments on your career journey and what's led you to the position you're in now? My career has been an interesting one. I was at Intel for almost 21 years and did a lot of various roles there from the direct side of the world, managing wafers to building out supplier diversity, risk and controls programs into procurement and then legal procurement. And then we moved into legal ops in 2019 and helped Intel build out our supplier management functionality in a lot of different areas of our legal operations. I was able to build my team from one to seven before I left. And then I moved over and part of it was looking at an opportunity to be head of legal operations. So that's where I moved over to Twilio as the senior director and head of legal operations to basically build and rebuild their overall program to get that to world class. And that's kind of been my long journey here. And I've been here seven months. Andy, that was great. Thank you. We appreciate the introduction. I'm very excited to know you're now doing exactly that, leading an organization, bringing everything that you've experienced. As you came into the organization, were there specific things that you immediately said, these are the things that we need to change today? What were those things? And if you could elaborate on what was your thought process determining what needed to change and then implementing that change, assuming some of that is just getting started at this point? Great questions. A lot of it was coming in and not necessarily knowing the full landscape of what legal operations does there. Everybody has a different definition of legal operations. Some are very tactical, some are on the strategic level. A lot of what I worked on, especially the first 90 to 100 days, was going out on a listening tour, going and meeting with our stakeholders, our VPs, understanding the breadth and depth of the overall legal program, working with our IT partners, finance partners, to kind of understand the landscape, where we were, what's it look like, what systems, tools, processes we have in place or not have in place and start identifying that. That's one thing. Two was also going and evaluating and seeing what my staff was working on, understanding what their priorities were, what their passions were, what areas they thought could be improvement. And it's looking at that and understanding the direction you guys were going. Part of it was trying to build out our three-year vision, building out a three-year strategic plan that identified opportunities around people, processes, and technology. Looking at those options, where do we want to go? I work with my team to have their three-year vision for the areas that I wanted them to start looking at and focusing on, building that from the ground up. And obviously, some of the big things is looking at process automation. There's a lot of stuff that we're doing, manual work that could be automated through workflow tools, bots, RPAs. Also, if you look at clock models, other models like that, ACC models, those foundational pieces of legal operations, ELM, how do we put in panels correctly? Basically, looking at those, say, where do we want to go? We want to be here in four years. What do we need to get there? A lot of it's building out the foundation, which is some of the big pieces we're doing right now is looking at automation opportunities. And then also looking at our technology stack and roadmap. That was the other big thing we mapped out. Almost 40-some tools. We have a path to get down to a third of those, if not less. And starting combined technologies, going away from 
awkward adolescent. Now it's time to hone those skills of what they've learned and really put that into a cohesive package. Sounds like an interesting journey, Andy. One thing that I'm always curious about when people step into new roles is the relative distribution between internal focus, meaning focusing on the things that make the legal department run better versus the external focus and how the department can enable the business, make the business run better. Do you have any sense of what that distribution is in the early days of your journey? It's a great question. I think it's one of those since we're so early on and we need a lot of foundational work done. A lot of our focus right now is 70% focused internally to make the legal department more efficient, to drive those efficiencies that will ultimately help out the end business. We have OKRs around helping to accelerate revenue. That could be putting in systems to automate processes to help speed up deals. Things that we can build out foundationally to help us execute further and help our external teams. And that's one of the things we're also focused on. How do we build out those foundational pieces? Because also, how do we give them the metrics, the analytics programs, the things that help us make better decisions? We have to have the foundation put in place to be able to make those, right? That's part of building that out. And I envision that will shift once we get the foundational pieces in, and then it shifts over to maybe the 50-50 or more from there and continue to look at how do we accelerate revenue? How can we help the sales process faster? How do we help generate contracts faster? Whatever that is, how do we reduce risk? That's another piece around the external. How do we help them reduce risk? We are looking at that, but right now it's a lot of the foundational pieces that we can go in place with the idea that in three years, we help really speed a lot of that up. It makes a lot of sense to me. And I was intrigued to hear that your goal is actually to reduce the number of tools that you're using instead of expand them. I think it's often seductive when you start into a new role to say, what's the missing piece of technology that we have? Instead of saying, what's the first extraneous piece of technology that we can eliminate? That resonates strongly with me to see that approach around simplification. You mentioned OKRs and metrics. Are those metrics being primarily driven by you as somebody that's leading with metrics into the function? Or what proportion of your metrics or requirements that you're taking from the business or from your leadership in the legal department? We really don't have a metrics program. It's part of our OKRs or objectives this year to start building that out. And part of that is the basic foundational metrics, revenue per attorney, you know, looking at what those are, building out that mechanism. And then also working with my internal leadership team and our legal leadership team, understanding what are the important metrics that they care about so we can start putting in place plans now to capture that data and then map out where does that data come from? What's the value of our patent portfolios? What's our throughput time for contracts? Different things that we can start putting into a centralized dashboard. That's the big piece that we're working on today. Getting foundational metrics, understanding the programs, and then continue to expand from there. Making sure the proof a concept works with our centralized dashboarding and then grow it from there. We don't want to track stuff to just track it. We want to be able to make decisions, right? So whether that's starting to track jurisdictions, opposing counsel, opposing judges that are assigned, looking at who's assigned for that matter that we're against and which one of our outside counsel or panel has maybe the best win-loss record against them. So we want to utilize them in those particular court cases. We want to start looking at analytics to make, help us make better educated decisions And that's what we're trying to build out that platform and build out that strategy. That resonates very strongly with me. Anytime you start to consider metrics, at least my fundamental starting point is always what's the behavior that I'm trying to modify. And the examples that you just described, you did touch on some of those behaviors, some of those outcomes that you're trying to address. As you observed, it's very tempting to just start counting things. And the easiest things to count are often the things that provide the least amount of business intelligence. They really aren't capable of driving behavior. 
one metric that you have alluded to a couple of times is cycle time. And so I'm wondering if there are foundational starting points that you absolutely feel like you need to start baselining now so that you can start demonstrating improvement in those areas. You mentioned cycle time. You mentioned total cost of legal services. You mentioned the number of attorneys per billion dollars of revenue. Are there a foundational set that you feel like you need to baseline immediately so that you can start to demonstrate value in future years? We've looked at throughput time on some of our contracts. We understand that. We're understanding the number of timekeepers that make up a full-time equivalent. How many timekeepers of an outside counsel represent a full-time equivalent employee? Looking at how many bill point two and lower for the entire year. How are they doing the resource mix? Things like that. We start tracking and getting those numbers today. So we can look at those and look at where is that trending as we put in different programs. If we're putting in outside counsel review program, are we influencing the way we're doing invoice review? Because we want to make sure that they're not just doing a point one every so often. We flag those. But yes, definitely, those are the type of things we want to look at. We take basically a snapshot today with what we have. I mean, we have limited data that talk to each other today. So it's really manual. But we have insight on those particular ones, understanding how much we spend, how many matters, what the ratios are per matter. There's some different metrics we're looking at today. That makes a lot of sense. I'll offer up a couple of other suggestions just in case they're useful. I've always found it very informative to know what the total cost of legal services as a percentage of revenue is. Being a great indicator, if you assume that quality meets a fundamental base standard, the total cost of legal services as a percentage of revenue helps you assess whether or not your legal costs are growing faster or slower than revenue. And ideally, you obviously want to be reducing that. If you're reducing that, you can start to identify where some of those benefits are coming from, whether it's tech and automation, process improvement. Another metric that I have found to be useful personally is the total number of legal professionals in the department, some measurement of revenue, and then the total number of attorneys per billion in revenue. That has always enabled me to assess my mix changing in a way that is desirable. Am I increasing the number of lawyers or am I decreasing the number of lawyers with respect to revenue growth? Many organizations track those, so you can do some interesting benchmarking. We also are starting to identify and flag matters that would be high, medium, or low risk. We can understand what our risk profile is for our matters. Definitely the per-revenue ones, that is definitely one of the big areas that we do look at to see how we're growing. Our legal department's a very unique one. The current sits within legal. So our legal spends a little higher than probably some. We do look at those type of metrics because that to me is very important. But also, what is our risk profile? We're using a bunch of A-level law firms and most of our work is low work. Is that the right mix? We have to look at, are we pairing the right resources with the right problem? That's also what we want to look at and see what our exposure potentially is. That makes a lot of sense. If it's okay, I'd like to go back and revisit the topic of your three-year plan. I applaud you for doing that. I think many organizations don't do that, and they tend to be reactive to the current needs of the day, which is certainly necessary. But it also creates the risk that you're neglecting to do important things that are not urgent. In your three-year plan, do you have any sense of the distribution of short-term outcomes that you're trying to drive, meaning things that will have a demonstrable outcome within the next six months to a year? versus medium and long-term? And how did you make the decision about the proper distribution of those timelines? We have a large portion of our stuff that will provide us opportunities within the first six to nine months. So I'd call that short-term, whether that's automation, maybe that's a new software platform with the idea that we need 
to show immediate wins to get additional buy-in. Sometimes that buy-in and additional win is a key proponent to continue to make change within an organization. Also, it allows us then to set up additional things. We layer it. We have our short-term stuff, process automation, some data cleanup, mid-term plans of an ELM, outlaying those type of things to start building out our data profiles with the idea that we layer on some longer-term things, whether that's a CLM reboot or a GRC system, what are our first foundational needs and going at those and to try to attack some of the immediate problems, alleviate stress in the system to help free up time. Formerly, they were very reactive. I don't feel like they had a plan or a strategy. Now, at least we have a North Star to start aiming towards. Does it mean we're always on the straight path? No, it is a winding road, but we have a direction of where we're going and it allows us then to utilize technologies and then still work on some of this tactical stuff. You're never going to get away from it, but how do you minimize that? That's our goal is to continue to minimize that, look at ways to get those off of our plate, but also the plates of the rest of our legal department. How do I get our lawyers back to lawyering? How do we get them out of doing invoice review? How do we get them out having to do a lot of different things? If sometimes we put a request in to say, create a matter, they put a create a matter request in, somebody then on my team has to take that same exact information and then go put it into our tool. That should be automated. There's things like that, simple things that we can do that now we've just freed up somebody's time. And that's my short term as we work and layer in some of the medium and longer term strategies. I might layer on some data from a previous role that I was in where we did a time and motion study of the behavior of the sales-facing, contract-negotiating lawyers. Through that time and motion study, we identified that 14% of their time was allocated to administrative tasks. Of that 14%, 11% was allocated towards interactions with our matter management and contract management system. I rapidly identified an ability for us to right-size the effort of interacting with those two tools, the matter management system and the contract management system, disaggregate those tasks and return 10% productivity back to the lawyers that we really wanted out in front of the customer negotiating those revenue producing contracts. I don't know that every organization has exactly that mix, but I suspect that most organizations have some mix that's similar to that administrative tasks that ought to be automated or ought to be routinized should be centralized in a legal operations function. One of the key time wasters that we found, the process for creating and adding a new counterparty to our contract management system. What we determined with stopwatches, literally, that process tended to take about 10 minutes for a lawyer that did it at least once a week. For lawyers that did it less frequently than that, it took approximately a half an hour. At the same time, we also determined that a user that creates more than one new party a day could do it in under 90 seconds. It's those types of low-hanging fruit that don't seem to be transformative when you first identify them, but it's the aggregation of those gains that has a tendency to reduce meaningful results for the lawyers themselves. That builds goodwill. And then the next time you go in and suggest a process change, there's a little bit less hesitancy to roll that out. Helps with the job satisfaction. I mean, if you can get rid of the stuff that nobody wants to do, it's job satisfaction. They don't want to sit there and waste 11% of their time inputting stuff administratively. How can we automate this process? How do we automate search? Part of our journey is mapping all of our data where it is so we can get a hands on it so we can start tying them all together because not all of our systems talk. There's a lot of missed connections between some of our major tools within the company. That's part of our roles to help fix those and make that smoother so it's a much easier transition. Legal operations was already part of the world in the legal department in which you're working. These ideas, your plans, your three goals, 
Are they being well-received? Are you getting any pushback? What have your colleagues in the legal department said about the things that you're looking to do and have done? It's been extremely positive. I work directly for the general counsel, which is great, part of the leadership team there. And looking at that, he's a huge proponent of legal operations, what we can bring to the table. It's been well-received in terms of here's our strategy, here's our plan, here's how we want to get there. Like Steve is saying a lot, it's just how do I get rid of this administrative work? How do we make this better? And we start showing our technology stack of here's what our technology looks like. And if we go this route in our strategy, here's what it's going to look like. So it's a vast improvement with all the tools talking. They're excited about the future. They're excited about where we're going in this journey. You know, we've made some quick wins. But overall, it's been accepted well. Being a former startup, not many years ago, really a young, large company, they're very open to change. And so we were looking at those and, and really pushing the envelope and getting all the groups to talk part of it within this change process. Now we're looking at it as legal offices of horizontal that talks to all of our different vertical or practice groups where before they kind of run on their own. So we're bringing them into discussion and it's much richer and deeper discussion, which they will appreciate as well. Out of those goals, was there anything surprising that was already happening within the department where you said, wow, I never thought of that or I didn't experience that at Intel or it's not something that we rolled out? They had a very good intake process through our intake tool to be able to go get requests for new matters and requests for legal assistance. The initial intake part, I think, was really, really good. Once the request comes in, getting it automated was the piece where it fell flat. But I think overall, having that intake tool, it was really good. It helps us manage that workflow. We have a CLM in place. Are we using it fully? No, but we do have something in place that we're running and we can readapt. And our goal is to be world-class. I don't want to be just good. I want to be up there leading the pack. And that's where our goal is. Yeah, that's great stuff. It's like anything else. It's a journey. My career has been building programs. I've built programs through all of my career. You know, legal ops is a relatively newer field. It's a fun field. It's kind of nice to be in the forefront. It's a huge opportunity to make some vast improvements. So companies that don't have a legal ops, highly recommend it. It's an opportunity to increase the efficiency of your legal department. Look at those opportunities for change. As you come in, starting that new role, putting a new team together... What talent pools are you leveraging? Where are you finding people to hire? Do you find that you need to do a lot of internal training? Just conceptually, do you have a plan and strategy for building up the talent pool within your team? Within my legal operations team? Yes, I do have a strategy and plan. It's been a unique situation. I came in and we had a hiring freeze and we had a small layoff. And then more recently, we've done a larger one. So my team, which would have been nine at the beginning of 22, we're down to four. But I do have some key areas that I would like to hire. We have some contingent workers that are helping fill in some of the gaps for now. But we do have a strategy and wanting to get some analytics in there and some more business analysts and some other process there. I've kind of built that up. We are also looking internally to see if there's some temporary assignments, some rotational assignments to do that. Because there are people within the organization that are interested in legal ops, want to do something different. So those are the conversations we have and say, hey, come over for part-time and learn about it. Maybe that's something that we just do an internal transfer. We do have a plan of where I want to go. I'm just waiting for them to allow us to go get there. And obviously, it's patience. If we can do this and we nail this, it will greatly allow us to have more time to do more things. You know, after 21 plus years, to be able to come in and impact that kind of change, it has to be exciting. It is. It's fun. I enjoy doing it. I come to work happy. It's fun. Some days you're pulling your hair out, but that's part of it, right? If, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Andy, we appreciate you sharing your experience with our listeners. Thank you for participating. Well, thank you for the invite. Yeah, it's great to see you, Andy. 
Tune in to the next episode of the Elevate Together podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and elevateservices.com. Thank <laughs> you.